0: Just to share a little bit, kind of from my heart, um, it's like a blur already. Is this our fourth Sunday or third Sunday? Fourth. Okay. You guys know I don't know. (laughs) It's all a merger for me. Um, So to be honest with you, as the pastor, this is something we've set out on since March 9th, was to plant this church. And every day um, has been a lot of question marks and a lot of figuring it out and all this kind of stuff, getting to this destination of launching the church. Well, We've launched the church, we did the mail piece, January happened, incredible testimonies and things of God uh, took place in that month. You are here as a result of that, which we're so excited about. And um, so love it, value it, we're really excited about it. But as the pastor who's been looking at this thing for a really long time, I'm excited to get into the functioning portion of the church. Uh, It was kind of a little bit of commercial, a little bit of building, a little bit of marketing. Um, Those things are all important with church, kind of unfortunately. Um, But now that we're in our groove and it happened and we're here, I'm excited as the pastor to start functioning. And so we can start planning events and activities and how we're going to be involved in the community. It's now beyond just launching the church and having a service and, and all that kind of stuff. So we entitled this series called A Place for Everyone, and I'm uh, going to share with you over the next few weeks kind of our values as a church and what's important to us and how we're going to operate going forward. And um, because, you know, the result is we have a room full of people that, that are here and either looking to connect or still checking us out, and we want to make a place for that. And, um, and so today we're going to talk specifically about um, what it looks like in terms of connecting people as a whole, sort of the purpose as the church and and how we have church, Um, because obviously you guys live in the same world as I do. Um, Church, there's different rules or different ideas, and the proper term would be different doctrines, um, all over the map. I mean, you could literally throw stones outside this building and find a different value system than what we're gonna operate in, and uh, I'm not against any of it. Uh, We have meetings all week. And this upcoming week with different pastors in the area of different churches, we value it. I think it takes all kinds. Um, we're just called to this. And so we're gonna kind of talk over the next few weeks about a place for everyone and what that looks like for us specifically. Um, when we sent out to launch the church, uh, they, the church planting organization that we worked with, they did the research and the data on our demographics of this area and so basically a 30-mile radius of where we currently are, they do the data on it, and they give you the demographics of its spiritual temperature. Now, most of you in this room, if I were to tell you, um, and my friends told this to me when we talked about coming back here and starting a church, the the mock or the knock on this area is there's plenty of churches, right? We got churches on every corner, and uh, last thing West Michigan needs is another church, and some of my buddies even call Grand Rapids uh, Jerusalem, like Jerusalem, G-R, Jerusalem, because we, we just are the Mecca of churches. And, uh, and so was interested to see this data come back. And uh, here's the statistics of a 30-mile radius, and so this dips into Grand Rapids, um, in a 30-mile in a radius of where we currently are, there's about 990,000 people. So the population is just under a million people. And 52% of the million people are decidedly unchurched. So when you would think, oh boy, everybody goes to church and it's West Michigan, everybody goes to church, literally a half a million people for a a reason have said, I'm choosing not to be connected to a church. And then the second layer to that is of those that go to church, so the other half a million, uh, only attend church about twice a month. Now I'm not coming here to start the speech of, you gotta go to church every week, that's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is, in terms of being connected and bettering the community and, and plugging in, uh, there's a weakness there as well. So a half a million people is essentially our harvest field. So when the scripture says, you know, that the labor is plenty and, and uh, or the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few, that even, that's here too. <laughs> that's West Michigan. And so that essentially we have this range of a half a million people. And... Um, For whatever reason they're not connected, it could be maybe they were a part of a church and it just wasn't working for them anymore, or uh, it never worked. They never connected to church. They never got engaged, or uh, like a lot of us, kind of unfortunately, they were in a church and they got hurt by a church. And um, that's a real easy way, I think, for the enemy to disconnect people from God's assignment in their life is to hurt them, is to is to you know have a personal offense take place. And and uh, I could get up here. And tell you stories on and on and on uh, of of church hurts that we have and uh, it's a huge thing that you see in church because unfortunately uh, there's abuse that takes place and there's there's not parameters or there's not accountabilities put in place and so as we move forward as a church we'll share more with you about how how we have accountabilities here locally but we also have accountabilities nationally, outside of here, and um, accountability is a big deal to us. And so some people disconnected from church because they got hurt or they lost lost trust, uh, which is all understandable. Uh, we don't judge any of those reasons why people aren't in church. We identify with them. We understand them. And, and we know uh, that the church is the same thing for their life. It's a place where they can either come back and connect and, and get healed. Um, I love that we sang, Uh, that he's a God who restores. He puts things back together. Uh, Honestly, we wanted to name this church uh, Mosaic Church because I think it's awesome when broken pieces get put together to make up something beautiful, and I think that is the story of the church. We've all fallen short and broken and, and, you know, have pieces shattered in our lives, but when we come together trusting a God who's bigger than us, it can make something beautiful. Amen. Uh, The reason we didn't call it Mosaic was because when you read it, no one knows how to say it. (laughs) Mosaic, what What the? (laughs) So I was like, okay. Uh, Bill Hybels, he's a pastor of a church uh, in Chicago, and he has this saying, which when I heard it, I was just like, yes. And at first I didn't understand, but but once I caught it, I was like, I love it. Um, He says this, he says, the local church is the hope of the world. And at first you kind of resist that, like no, Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, but we're called the body of Christ, right? And so unfortunately we got a lot of people that either look to government or they look to if I just make enough money or if I just do this and if I do that. The hope of the world, the healing to the hurting in my belief is the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the local church raising up and and and, and praying for the sick and meeting the need and and uh, all of the things that this city on a hill does. It's 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 feeding people from the food banks, it's building <coughs> excuse me, self-esteem. Uh like with our with the Rick Rack ministry, where uh, they're you know clothing people and building their self-esteem, all those kind of things, that's the hope of the world. It's the love of God that we have on the inside of us that's gonna make the difference. Somebody say right on. I think it's easy to say, well, that's a really good church over there. You know, they got a thousand people coming over there. That's a really good church. And we love big churches. I'm for big churches. I'm not against that. But I think a really great church is when people are coming to a place and they're connecting their gifts to a cause bigger than them and they're engaging and they're developing what God called them to be. And so that could be a church of 40 people. That could be a church of 4,000 people. At the end of the day, if there's fruit and people are engaged and they're, they're being the hope of the world, that's a great church. Somebody say amen. And so for us as a start church, uh, this is great. We did really good. We did really well. Um, statistically, the number of people that have come and engaged, um, you're actually sitting in a miracle statistically. Uh, for us to be four weeks old and, and to kind of have what we have, um, that's not like a pat on our back. I view it like this. Wow, God like, has a pretty big mission here. Somebody say amen. Like, for him to put this together means that there's a pretty big cause that he's ready to get behind, that he is behind. And, um, and you're a part of that. And you're a part of that. And so that's why we title this series A Place for Everyone because I don't think it's an accident that you're here. I don't think you... Um, I'm going to say this and then you might feel bad, but I don't think you fell for a mailpiece. Like, you know, I don't think we tricked you into coming here with the mailpiece. piece. Uh, our former pastor who I grew up with, he used to always say this. Uh, there's all these names for God. There's Jehovah Jireh. There's all these, you know, and, and, and those are God's names. And he uh, made one up. He called him Jehovah Sneaky because sometimes he surprises you. Well, a lot of times he does kind of sneaks up on you. And so I think maybe those of you that responded to a mail piece or something like that, I think God set you up <laughs> to be a part of something that is going to be great here in the area because there's a cause within you. There's a purpose um, that God sees and believes in you that you can engage in. We just have to trust them. Amen. Church plants, this is a crazy statistic, church plants, they've noticed. So startup churches, per their ratio, so you have to look at their size, per their ratio, are actually more effective than megachurches, and I am not against megachurches. I believe in megachurches. I've worked for megachurches. I don't have, per se, a problem with megachurches, um, except for this point here. They're saying that church plants or startup churches statistically are more effective than megachurches right now because... They're intentional and they can kind of move easier as a new church so they can do more, connect more, engage more than trying to turn a big ship. And I'm not against a mega church, like I said, uh, but but they've just seen statistically as you're new, you have this passion, you have this thing, you're not really on a cruise control like a megachurch that's kind of hard to... So again, I'm not against megachurches at all. We have great megachurches here in Holland uh, and all over the place. And, and weekly, I subscribe to podcasts and listen to sermons of megachurches. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, if you're here and you have a heart for this church already and you're seeing yourself engaged, we have a great opportunity as a new church, as a church plant, to do something. It would be easy to say, well, we're new, we can't really do a lot. But statistically, that's not true. Per the ratios... We have the opportunity to even do more than someone who's a big church. Somebody say right now. So, just encouraging you um, to, to be excited, to, to in your prayer time start asking God, hey, you know, you snuck one in on me. I'm at this new church. What are you doing with me with this thing? And start asking maybe where you fit or how you connect. And um, that doesn't mean our purpose now is for all of you to start working in the church and start, uh, because some of you, it's, it's not time for that. For some of you, it's a place that, like we said, you need to come back and kind of get restored and connect and, and, and breathe and heal. And that's fine, we understand that. But on the other hand, um, I feel like maybe your seasons in life that you were in or some things that you've come out of uh, were maybe like a slingshot. I had a mentor tell me, um, the thing with the slingshot is you have tension, 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 tension right before the best part. And so when it's at its worst, you're closest to your best. And I think some of you were kind of maybe at that in your life too, where you've had a few seasons of just, it felt like tension, tension, resistance, resistance. And uh, connecting to God and connecting to the local church might be the thing that actually slingshots you uh, into a purpose that you've been praying for. Somebody say amen. So here's our, here's our kind of thought for today. I, I wanna first lay the groundwork um, for us as Vertical Church and how we're gonna connect to people uh, in our community, in our schools, in our jobs. I want this to be our thought because I think it's the, it's the heart of God. Um, we all have different angles about church, uh, but we believe. And so I could get up here and give you a theology lesson about why the church and scripturally how the church should exist and all that kind of stuff. And, and we'll get into that stuff later when we have like uh, kind of like membership classes and we take you through the history of the church and what we believe and we'll get into that stuff. Uh, but for today, I kind of want to deal with, like, an idea of how the church should operate more than I do, like, the theology of it. So um, we must connect. Uh, All of us in our lives, we must connect. The very first thing that God said was not good was that man was alone. Uh, And I heard a great joke, and and I'm going to blow the spiritual atmosphere away right now just by telling a bad joke, but that's okay. Do you guys know why um, God made Adam first? Because he didn't want to be told what to do when he was making the other one. (laughs) So, just put that there. <laughs> good? I was going to ask for a show of hands, like, who agree? Amen. And then all the guys would get elbowed, like, Psh, what? So, anyway, <laughs> that's terrible. So, the first thing that God said was not good. My Hulk Hogan voice dries out really fast, so I got to drink my water and take my vitamins and say my prayers. You guys are acting like you don't know who Hulk Hogan is. At um, the end of the day, we, we have to be a people who connect. Um, the scripture, the very first thing God said was not good. So he makes land, and he makes water, and he makes sky, he makes all these things, and he says, it is good, it is good. And then he sees Adam is alone, and he says, whoa, that's not good. It's not good that that person is alone and, and not connected. And so he, so, of course, then he makes Eve. And then we have community and and all that kind of stuff takes place and it's the same thing in our lives today it's not good if you're disconnected and you're isolated um, that's why we love to connect you're going to hear us use the word a lot connect uh, even on our website it doesn't say email us at information if you go on the website our email is connect at vertical story because we we just believe in connecting it's really important and i also see that the enemy is trying to kind of twist how we live as Americans and get us to isolate. We have an iPod, iPad, you guys have all heard me say this. We have all these things that isolate us unto ourselves and keep us distracted and entertained. Why, because it disconnects us because there's a lot of health in being connected, being a part of something that you're connected to. Um, Psychiatrists say that the number one longing of the human heart is to be connected uh, to some type of family, to some type of element that makes you feel like you're a part of something. And at first you're like, oh, I don't know, I could debate that. But it's funny, I have a 13-month-old daughter, and um, this week uh, I made the mistake of sending my wife into the grocery store without me. And uh, so that means she's coming out with a bunch of stuff we don't need and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, she she got uh, baby dolls for our daughter. She's 13, or 13 months old. God, if she's 13, then I'm... Uh, yeah, so she's 13 months old, and um, so Caroline, I'm thinking of this sermon and watching Caroline, and she's walking around with this baby, baby, baby. You know, she gets it, and she enjoys like having her baby, and so the baby sits on the couch with her and comes over there and baby, baby. Why? Because already at a young age, she has this thing of connecting, and 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 it's funny if you watch how you grow in life. Uh, so you want to get married? Oh, we just got to get married. We're just going to get married. And, and then once you're married, you're connected. Oh, we're oh we just, we just got to get a dog. We just, if we just had a dog, we'd be a family. Let's we'll get a dog. and uh, Well, at least that's what we did. And uh, so then we have a dog. And then obviously, you know what's next. Oh, if we just had a kid. If we just had a kid, then, then we'd be a thing. And you keep just making more layers of family. And so then, the, then you have the kids, and then you have the grandkids, and, and you're just always building these elements of community and family, and it's because I believe it's an important thing that God put on the inside of you to connect with people and be engaged. And I know for some of us, that's a hard thing, because we don't have a lot of people to connect to right now, or we've been burned by people groups, and maybe right now you're not connected. Don't feel bad that I'm talking about connecting and you're maybe not connected. See it as this is a moment God designed for you to hear a sermon so that he can get you out of that and connect you to something life-giving. Somebody say right on. I love Jesus, Uh, he had a way of drawing the disconnected. Uh, Jesus had this great way of noticing the unnoticed. You guys all know the song of Zacchaeus was the wee little man, he climbed up in the tree, and even Jesus, who's doing all these miracles and has this whole thing going on, Jesus is like, hey, you, come down from there, I'm going to your house, we're gonna connect. Even Matthew, who at the time was named Levi, was a tax collector. Jesus walks up on this tax collector, hey, come follow me. What's interesting about Levi, who's a tax collector, who later becomes Matthew, is tax collectors were the worst of the worst at the time, so much so that their testimony in court wouldn't even be allowed. So even if they were a witness to a crime of something, they were such shady people that they couldn't even uphold their name in court. They, just, they were the worst of the worst kind of people, uh, I guess, to relate it to today. It would probably be like a Michigan State Spartan fan. It would probably be about the same. Be about the same there. Did any of you Spartan fans see basketball games yesterday? Oh, okay, because they lost. So I'm getting all cocky, and then we play Indiana today at noon, and it could be rough. But anyway, um, so for real, so here's this people group, a tax collector who are hated, who are definitely disconnected from culture who uh, have no even worth in the court system or to the public. And then Jesus, who's the Messiah, the son of God, is walking along and says to one of them, hey, why don't you come follow me? Why don't you come connect and be a part of what I'm doing? And of course, the church world at the time, what is he doing? Don't, don't, don't they know that he's this, 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 and this? And they put all their labels on him. Who's ever been labeled by church or Christians, right? Right. Okay, we all connect to that. And so not only <laughs> does he say, "Hey, come be a part of what I'm doing," then Levi at the time, who's Matthew, says, uh, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to go get my buddies together." And uh, why don't we throw this big feast because I'm going to be leaving with you, and uh, we're going to go hang out, we're going to eat together, which, of course, the religious crowd, oh my gosh. He's connecting with the people we shouldn't connect with. And uh, they go out to dinner, and that's where you read the passage where it says, uh, "Don't you know you know you're." Your guy, he's eating with the sinners. He's connecting with the people we should stay away from. we got to stay cleaner than that. And Jesus says, look, I'm not here to do church. Everybody say amen. That's a good spot for that. I'm not here to, like, play church. Mm-hmm. What he actually says is, I'm here for the hurting. You know, and in, in the scripture, what he says is he says, those that are healthy don't need a doctor. Uh, he says, you know, mm-hmm. I'm here to connect with the, with the people that are hurting. Our prayer as a church is we're going to have church, and we're going to love God, and we're, and, we're going to, and we're going to go after God, and we're going to do all the things that we should do as Christians. But we aren't going to step over hurting people to do that. Somebody say amen. amen. We are going to connect with people who need the love of God. Our saying, we're loving others towards God because we can pick people up and say, come with us. I don't care where you are, tax collector, da 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 We can figure that stuff out later. There's books for that. Uh, my mother's a counselor, so we'll do, my mother-in-law's a counselor. We'll send them all to her. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm kidding, kind of. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, but for real, we have people in place to figure it out. We have skilled people. God has assembled a team for us to meet the needs here, and I think we need to take that serious. And so I think a lot of times it's like, well, church, you know, it's kind of how we brought up or we did or whatever. There's a cause and a mission here. And you're the most alive when you're connected to something great, when you're connected to something bigger than yourself. So as you've heard me the last couple of weeks, I encourage you, take that step out of the boat. Trust God this year with what he may call you to do, because it will blow your mind. It may be rocky. It may be some waves and some things that scare you. But that's the best way to live is trusting God. I love this. And this is the premise kind of to the sermon This morning is Romans 15, verse 5 says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus. So be like-minded towards one another. So uh, care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. That you may with one mind and with one mouth glorify God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, then the kicker. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. And so what it's saying is all the great things that God's done for you, all the things that you've been blessed with in your life, I want you to show that grace and that compassion and that forgiveness forgiveness to others in your life. And um, so all the forgiveness, all the humility, all the compassions that God has placed onto you, it's our call from God to extend those to other people. And I know that's a simple thought, but it's a hard thing to do. Uh, I always talk about the largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. That's really true in our walk with God. Is, uh, is God's basically saying here, because I did these things for you, we should do them unto others. And it's not, God has grace for you. I mean, when we miss it, it's not like he's going to take it back. But he's saying the way that we were set up to live is just this blessing and love and compassion exchange with each other. Uh, it's sick to watch the news and and see the way that we're constantly trying to rip from people and we're trying to take away and we're trying to steal back grace and compassion and forgiveness. We're way off the course from where God called us to live. Somebody say truth. Check this out. We have to be accepting. We have to connect with people. We have to bring people in. And that's not bring people to church. That's bring people in. Uh, I think it's important to bring people to church. I hope you do that. But it doesn't have to start there. If someone's not comfortable with church, then it's coffee. Then it's a Super Bowl party. Then it's whatever it is in their life that you can connect with them on their level. That's what it starts with. But we have to connect people. We're a place for everyone uh, is what we believe. And so uh, today, check this out. Where you are today, this is kind of your deep thought for the day. Where you are today is a result of either rejection or acceptance in your past. So where you sit in life, you've gotten here from a road of either where you were rejected or accepted. And why that's important is this. If the church, I'm not going to use the word continue, but if the church, because unfortunately the church has rejected, but if the church rejects people, then the result in their life down the road will be unchurched. It'll be far from God. But if as a church, We can kind of get over some of our religiosity and our standards and our rules. And I'm not talking about compromising theology. I'm just saying some of the ways that we've always done it and always had to do it and always had to. If we can just love people and accept them, then the result of that acceptance is later they're close to God. Somebody say amen. So for us, we're a place for everyone. We connect with people. We love people. We we want to engage with people. Why? Because the result is God will do his work in their life as we work, as we figure it out. Uh, A lot of times we just think it's like the cleaning station here, the church. Like we just have to bring everyone here and everything happens on one Sunday. They, they, they become a Christ follower. they you know, they get rid of all their sins. They're, you know, everything happens on one Sunday. And if it doesn't, then, well, they just weren't meant to be. They're just sinners. You know, like this is a process. We were called to discipleship, you know, uh, not this convergence. And so uh, again, it's about just connecting and loving people. So where you are today is a result of rejection or acceptance in your past. The sad part is uh, a lot of us have experienced a lot of rejection and not as much acceptance. Uh, our hearts is to draw people to a place where they're unconditionally loved and accepted. Um, it's easy to move away from the things of this world where you're rejected. Think about it like this. Uh, it's easy for the guy to get buried in work where he's constantly ridiculed and rejected at home, right? If you interview a lot of these people, well, he's a workaholic, well, he's a, well, at the end of the day, if you get to the bottom of it, it's because he got accepted somewhere else, or her. Yeah, and him, her, really doesn't matter, but if, if, if a marriage splits, and they walk away from each other and there's all of this really and, and really and obviously there's reasons for all kinds of things but i'm just saying a lot of times when people get off the path it's because they got pulled into something that accepted them and they were in a place that they felt either rejected or resistance here's a great example uh, in youth ministry we knew this teenagers listen to their friends which is ridiculous <laughs> They, you know, we would counsel with teenagers, and we would sit down and we'd say, well, we have this thing going on in your life or whatever, and say, well, my friends say. Your friends, who's 14? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they tell you that. Well, what do your parents say? Well, my parents, they're wrong because they're, but they listen to their peers and their friends, and they go with what they're saying, and they follow that crowd. Why? Because they're accepting them. Because they're, and a lot of times we get off base because we come from a standpoint of, we're preaching them, we're lecturing them, we're giving the rules and essentially it's rejecting them. You're not good enough, you know better than this. And, blah, blah, blah. and sometimes even the church can say that, like, things like that that way to people and essentially it causes rejection. And there is a time to tell the truth because you're gonna learn this about me. I don't care if you're here or not. <laughs> At the end of the day, I have to do what God has called us to do and if that means we lose people, it's not my problem, it's God's. Somebody say Amen. Uh, we will always say what God's called us to say and what the truth is. And if it means that people aren't with us, that's God's problem because he called us to do this, not us. And so I said all that to say this, the truest form of love, so the deepest form of love, the deepest form of love that somebody could show you would be that they tell you the truth. They always walk in truth with you. They tell you the truth because sometimes to share the truth is a really hard thing to do. And, and, it's, and it's painful, and it's going to cause friction, and it's going to be an issue because it's a hard thing to say. But know that that person loves you because they're they're not hiding from you. You know they're telling you the truth. And um, and so for us to you know to tell the truth, I'm not saying oh we got to accept everybody, we got to accept everybody, and just we'll leave them where they are. No, as a church we will get to a place in relationship with them where they're connected, and we can speak the truth, and we can show them God's way, and and what we believe. <laughs> But what's the point if they're not here, if they're not connected, if we're not engaging, we don't even have the opportunity. And uh, I, I love this scripture here, you guys have all heard it. First Corinthians 13 one says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And so it doesn't matter how much you have theology nailed or how long you've been in church. If we can't show love to people, then you're just obnoxious, right? That's what it's saying. And I think we've all, we've all sort of experienced that, uh, where someone comes in with all their sayings and they hit you with their church quotes and they say, why don't you just this? And they hit you, but there's no love in it. Listen, you can be right in doctrine and cold as a person. So you can have it all right and people just don't wanna be around you. And what good is that? What good is that? You can have it all lined up and you're writing doctrine, but you're just so cold as a person that it's not going to do any good. And so you have to have both. You have to have acceptance and love and grace, and that's one side of the road. And the other side of the road is you have to tell the truth. We can't just say, oh, we accept everyone. Everything's okay. Everything's allowed. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is we have to connect and love and engage with people because it's a process. It's called discipleship. Um, So it's important. Uh, that we develop the skill of accepting people. Romans said uh, that we show love, what you've received, we share with others. And the thing about that and the honesty that I'll share with you is that's usually not the natural thing to do. When we give back and we engage with compassion and forgiveness and, and we connect, honestly, uh, that's, that's not always easy. That's always not natural. Um, but when you do it and you trust God in it, that's where you're going to see where we get the term supernatural. You're gonna say, I can't believe I was able to forgive that person. Yeah, you did because you trusted God who's bigger than all of us and he did something incredible in your natural world. And so to to walk in those things, the things of God, it's taking a step in the natural and trusting God's gonna meet you there and make it great. Somebody say amen. Verse seven said this, it said, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us unto the glory of God. And the word there, the translation there for the word receive is actually like accept. It would be like a, since it's Super Bowl, we'll talk about it, like a, like a wide receiver, like a person who catches the ball, for those of you who don't know what the wide receiver is, the guy who runs and, and catches the pass. Uh, the translation of accepting somebody is literally to like a receiver reaches with all that he can to catch the ball. It's to go out and accept and to catch and to grasp and, and grab hold of uh, of course, football is the ball, but, but the, the scripture here is saying, let us reach out, receive one another, do all that we can to grab each other and, and pull us in just as Christ received us. And then it says, to the glory of God. Well, what does that mean? That means when we do it, when we reach out and we do all that we can to connect with people, it says that the glory of God then is there. That brings glory to God when we connect with people that way. Somebody say that's good. We want to, this is interesting. A lot of times in church, and I'm almost, almost wrapping up, a lot of times in church, uh, we, or kind of in our lives, I should say, we want to win an argument. So we get in a thing with people, and instead of like reaching out and connecting and receiving them, we're very quick to just want to win the argument. So, uh, so we're quick to win the argument, but if you look at how Jesus came to this earth, Jesus didn't come to win an argument, He came to build a bridge and connect us to him. We want to convince people, and God wants to accept people. See, Jesus didn't come, again, with all of his catchphrases and his ways to get you. Jesus came and accepted people and invited them into what he was doing. If what you have in God, if in your life is God and what you have is is God, then your number one desire should be to invite people into that. The goodness of God that you have in your life, you should want to be connecting and sharing that. Um, I heard a writer say this once. uh, If the good news in your life isn't good news for your neighbor, then you probably don't have the good news, right? And it's so true. Like, if what we have doesn't affect those around us in a positive way, then I think we go back to the drawing board. I love this. God didn't argue with us. He accepted us. He won our heart. And uh, Jesus didn't come to be right or make a point. So Jesus' teachings aren't walking around saying, "You're you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, follow me. He came and said, hey, I've come to give you life and give it to you better. Here's how you do it. And he put it on display. I think our stance and our mission as a church is to say, this is what we know and love about God. This is what he's done in our lives. Come be a part of this. Come with us as we continue to learn more and engage and connect with this God who loves us. He walked among wrong people and built a bridge and said, come this way. Uh, all kinds of people were missing it around him and he always invited him into what he was doing. Yes, they prayed prayers of forgiveness. Yes, they turned their lives around and, and, and engaged and all of those things are important and we'll do those things. But what we have to do is accept and embrace. I love this thought here by Mark Batterson says this, says, if you want to impact someone forever, it says, love them when they least expect it and least deserve it. We can get so right with our speeches and whatever and and like what we're going to say. But I love the saying that says, preach Jesus and use words if necessary. Like it's not about what we say. It's this, if you want to impact someone forever, love them when they least expect it and least deserve it that's the mission of the church that's how we're a place for everyone is when we love people when they're undeserving like Jesus did when we connect with people when they don't expect it when they've missed it by a mile and we're here to say hey it's cool come with us it'll be all right we'll fix it (laughs) because that's what God is in the business of fixing amen Uh, again I just want to be clear accepting doesn't mean that we call every lifestyle acceptable and, oh, it's, you know, everything's okay. Uh, because, again, we have stuff that we have to work on. We have a doctrine that we believe God said this is the best way to live, and we hold to that. Uh, but it's about connecting and loving and engaging. I'll close with this as the, as the band comes up. I love this saying. It's a good one to write down and stick on your refrigerator and wherever else you see it. Um, and you guys have all probably heard it. But it says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, in church, we have been so good at billboarding how much we know. And we have this, and we have this, and we have... But we've never shown people how much we care about them and their life and where they are. And uh, this church will be a church that shows people how much they care. And then we'll, we'll start to share with them what we know. Um, truth about this and everything that we do is that people aren't going to come back to this church, hurting people, people who are far from Christ. They're not going to come back and connect with this church because of the band or because of a sermon or because we have coffee. They're going to connect because they come to a place where they feel and experience something different than what they do out there or what they do in their normal life. You'll never hear somebody leave here, hear somebody leave here and say, not going back there those people just too friendly. You know, they just loved on us too much. You know, our kids, man, they just spoiled our kids rotten and they were so happy up there. We got to get out of that place. You'll never hear that. Because why? Because people are looking for something different and authentic and genuine and life-giving. And I think what God's doing here is incredible, not because of us or our team or anybody. I think it's because God has a mission and an assignment for our community. And I want to encourage you, be a part of it, get connected, don't miss out on it Uh, because we're a place for everyone. So you may have a great background and you've been in ministry before and that's fine, or you may not have any at all and you're still trying to figure some things out. We have a place for everyone, but like, I don't want you to miss it because what God's doing is incredible. Uh, There's a national survey that breaks down how people got to church uh, for the first time. And so 2% of people that go to church literally just woke up one day and was like, oh my gosh, I need to make a life change. Only 2%, I think I need to go to church. So people that go to church, uh, only 2% go because they just woke up and realized they need to go. Only 3% um, came because of like a street sign. So, you know, they just read something on a billboard. and Oh, that's a good little saying. Uh, we're going to come in because of the church sign uh, or, or some type of signage like that. 6%, there was a program that the church was doing that they liked, and so they heard of it. maybe a famous kind of program or like a book study or something. They said, oh, okay, we'll go to that. Uh, only 10% of people uh, that go and stay connected to a church go uh, because they knew the pastor or like the pastor. It has something to do with the pastor, which thanks a lot for that, 10%. But uh, 79% of people who go to church and connect to a church go there because someone they know personally invited them connected with them, followed through with them, and didn't give up on them. They went to a church because they knew that they were what? Accepted. They were connected. They were accepted. And uh, all the other stuff is important. We do all the other stuff. But if we don't accept people where they are, if we don't start with love, we're clanging cymbals. It's a waste of time. And trust me, our drums are loud enough as they are. That's a good place to amen, right? Amen just kidding. We, we love our drummer, Justin. He's the best. He's doing a great job. So we're just going to close him in. We're going <laughs> to cover him up. But listen, I love this. We get lectured all the time. You know, we don't need lectures. We don't need speeches. We need to be listened to. On your hardest days, what do you do? You pick up the phone and you call someone who's going to do what? Listen, Right? <laughs> You don't call the guy who's gonna give you a speech. You call the person who's gonna listen because some of the most valuable words ever heard are when someone says, I get it, or yeah, me too. And then you connect and you can go from there. Uh, 1 John 3:17 says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? If all we do is come to church or live our life in a way that it's mine, 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 protect what I have, how do you have the love of God? How can you say that you get it? Verse 18, it says, my children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed in truth. I love this. Take, this isn't a scripture, it's just a quote. Take all the love you've received and give it away like you weren't trying to save it for later. We're rivers, not reservoirs. Everything we have is meant to be given away. Because the scripture says, when you give, it shall be given back unto you more. So we keep giving because it's our way of actually receiving. It's better to give than receive is what the scripture says. Why don't you all bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and uh, maybe you're one who is disconnected. Maybe you're one who, like we've talked about, is someone who is not a Christ follower. You aren't a Christian. You, you're far from God, or maybe you're in the statistic of the 52% that isn't connected to God. And you say, I today want to start following God. I realize that I need to connect to God. That's my first start. And, um, scripture says that those who call upon his name shall be saved. Uh, the prayer of salvation is a prayer that in your heart, you just say, God, I'm choosing to follow you today. I want to live your way. I want to, I want you to be my Lord and savior. And it's the prayer of Christianity. It's a prayer to be a Christian. Um, all kinds of things we can say back and forth about it. But today I would be a hypocrite if I didn't give you the opportunity to connect to God. And so with nobody looking around, no, no, I'm going to be the only one who sees your hand. I'm going to have you on the count of three, raise your hand. If you're here and you say, yeah, I'm far forgot from God. I need to read connect. I, I need to make him Lord of my life, maybe for the first time, or maybe you just want to reconnect. You've done it before in the past, but, but you want to do it today. I think it's the best decision you can make. You're in a room full of people that are, are believing with you. They're cheering you on. Um, our prayer team prays for it every day. And, uh, so if that's you, I'm just going to pray up here. You're not going to leave your seat. You're not going to come forward. I'm just going to have you raise your hand so that I know I can pray with you. And, uh, Again, if that's you, you say, pray with me, Pastor Josh. Uh, We're all actually going to pray together at the same time. So if that's you, uh, just raise your hand up when I count to three. One, two, three. Anybody else in here, you know, man, this is my day God made for you. I love it. See that hand too? See those hands? Awesome. You can put it down. Got your hand, buddy. Right on. This is a day that the scripture says the Lord has made. So this is the day for all the pain, all the frustration, the anxiety, all those things that come with being disconnected, those can leave you. And So when I pray this prayer, those things, those chains, those struggles can be left here today. (laughs) They don't have to go with you. We'll take care of them. So anybody else, if you didn't raise your hand, you say, man, that's me, I need that. Awesome. Awesome, gotcha, see ya. Let's do this. We're all going to pray. Why don't you stand and we'll all pray together. It's going to be really simple. And uh, just so you know, there's about a dozen of you. Uh, So you're in it with like a great group. We're connected. Um, So what we're going to do is we're all... As a pastor of a new church, you read every report, every article. I can't tell you the phone calls that we have of people who are going through stuff. And I'm just like, God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Uh, And of course, he's always like, well, you got me. I think I can handle it. So I'm just like in a moment of like, man, God's doing it. Like he's just doing it. So I don't know. I guess it's my moment. So it's awesome. I don't know. I just leave here every day. Like, man, God is with us. And it's incredible because I'm not smart enough. I can tell you that (laughs) to do any of this. So I actually finished school homeschooled. So I'm like a homeschooler. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just kidding. Anyway, I don't want to get away from the moment all of you that raise your hands, this is the best day of your life because you're connecting to yourself so much bigger than what you even know. We sing the songs about how great God is and we, we hear all the sayings, but everything that's been holding you down and everything that's been an issue for you leaves today. God is with you. When Jesus came to this earth, they called him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He's here. He's with us his saying to us always is that he's with us. So when we pray this prayer, leave here knowing it's a new day. Your past is behind you. Everything that once was is new in Christ. The scripture says he makes all things new. And so when we pray this prayer, walk out of here with that. And um, let's all pray this prayer together. Uh, We'll just repeat after me. Say, God, we love you. We choose you today. I want to follow you. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me walk with you from this day forward. You are my Savior. In Jesus' name.